You're listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show for budding entrepreneurs who want to understand the how and the why of social media marketing. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Welcome to episode number 22 of this Savvy Social Podcast. So excited to have you here because today I'm talking with Eden Freed. Now, Eden and I have been indirectly connected for a while. She was on my husband's show back in the day, and it's been one of those things where it's like, why haven't we known each other sooner than now? And we've been collaborating on a few projects. It's been fun, and so I'm really excited to have Eden on the podcast today. Now, before we dive into this interview, I want to also invite you to a webinar that Eden and I are hosting together. Um, So if you are wondering, how do I make money off of this internet thing? Even if you have a really small list, small, like teeny tiny, like you can barely even see it. Uh, Eden is going to share her knowledge bombs with you for how to take that list, take your following and make $500 from it. So fun and so easy. You're going to be blown away by her information in this webinar. So sign up today. The link is in the description. We'll be doing the webinar on December 6th. That's a Thursday, next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And I really hope that you join us. Eden has a great webinar planned out, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, um, we're going to dive into the interview with Eden. And before I do that, I want to tell you a little bit about her. So Eden Freed is a business coach and blogging mentor who helps aspiring entrepreneurs turn their passions into a legitimate paycheck by creating and selling digital products like eBooks and courses online. Back in 2016, Eden was trapped in her day job, which we talk about in the interview. She didn't love it. And she was a minute away from dropping a quarter million dollars on law school when she decided to ditch it all and start a blog instead. Since then, she's built a full-time business that she and her husband live off of by creating and selling digital products. When Eden is not working, helping entrepreneurs building their passive income empires with products, Eden can either be found at the gym, throwing around some moderate heavy-ish weights, she wrote that, or watching Harry Potter for the millionth time. Amen. I'm working on reading it again. You can check Eden out at edenfreed.com and on her podcast, Rebel Boss Ladies. Now, let's dive into the interview. Thanks so much for joining me, Eden. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. I'm really excited to be here. I'm super excited too to dive into your story with Facebook groups. But before we go kind of that route, I want to talk about how you get started because I know from what you sent me, you bailed on law school. Tell me about that. What was the thought process there? What inspired you? Yeah, so um, this was in early 2016. I was totally enrolled to uh, go to Brooklyn Law School in New York. Um, and like I paid my seat deposit, I had an apartment, I started buying textbooks, basically I spent thousands of dollars ready to go to school. Um, and then something kind of shifted, I think really to back up a little bit, I wasn't 100% sure about going to law school. It was kind of like the early twenties time period for me. And I was kind of confused about 
where my future was headed. And I thought, hey, let's go to grad school <laughs> to, to make something of my life. Um, and then I actually went to my brother's wedding. He lived in Budapest, Hungary at the time. And he is a very successful entrepreneur with very successful entrepreneurial friends. And while I was at his wedding, um, he kind of like talked me into entrepreneurship. <laughs> There's really no other way to, to say it other than that. Um, so he introduced the world of online marketing to me and his friends told me their experiences. So I decided truly at the wedding, what do I have to lose? It's either I spend a quarter million dollars on law school or I take a gamble on entrepreneurship. And obviously I chose the latter. The very next day I launched my blog and the rest is history. Oh my gosh. I love that friend. Good friends there convincing you of, you know, basically showing you the way. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? They are very successful in a lot of different kind of paths in entrepreneurship. So I got this good glimpse into all the different directions I could head. And from there, I just kind of had to take the leap, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. I had no prior experience. It was just a desire to be successful. And I kind of just ran with that. Yeah, I love that. That's really good because I think um, sometimes success paths look a little different than we think they do. Um, So let's talk about that. So you started your blog. How do you go from starting your blog to starting a Facebook group? What was that kind of path like for you? So it's interesting because um, I really didn't even know that Facebook groups were a thing. I kind of just stumbled on it. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I can't say that I had um, like a background in marketing and here's how you find your target audience. I didn't have any of that stuff. It was just kind of like me on the prowl hunting for different places that I could be online. Um, So I actually, I don't even remember how I found the first Facebook group that I ever joined. I somehow found it, requested to join And then I'm taking a look around and I realize I can do this too. Why can't I create my own community? And I think that I started thinking about that because a lot of groups have different rules. The admins make different uh, restrictions on what you can and can't do to kind of just keep everything in line. Um, And I felt a little bit restricted by those rules. Mm -hmm. So in order to not break any rules and still get what I wanted out of a Facebook group, I said, you know what, I can create my own community. Um, If they can create it, why can't I create it? And so literally that day, I just started a Facebook group and it it just grew from there. (laughs) Okay. I want to dive into that because, or I want to just highlight that because it's so important that sometimes we we find ourselves frustrated or restricted by certain um, communities or rules or whatever it may be, certain platforms, but we don't have to use those tools. We don't have to stay on those platforms. We can make our own communities. We can make our own groups on Facebook. And I just love kind of like that that drive that you had to do that for yourself. Um, but being that I have my own Facebook group, I know how hard it is. So tell me those early days. How challenging was that? Oh, it's kind of like you just, you can't predict the future. So you're either going to be successful with whatever it is that you're doing or you're not, right? And that can be really scary. Those early days, I didn't have anyone in my group. And actually, I was just in my group the other day. Um, You know how you can put your name or anyone's name into the search bar and kind of see the history of their posts? Well, I was looking for one of my old posts in in my Facebook group. 
And I put my name in the search bar and I started um, scrolling down and I found the post where I sent this, congratulations, we hit our first 100 members. And I remember I was so excited to hit those first 100 members. I think like three people liked that post, maybe four people commented. Um, But then all of a sudden I kept scrolling and I saw the next post for congratulations, we hit our first 7,000 members. And it was like a matter of eight weeks in between. Um, It was something ridiculous. And I think that that just goes to show, keep showing up even when it feels slow or it feels really quiet. You have to act like there's a thousand people in the room, whether or not there's one person, two people, three people, or a few thousand. Just you're the one who's responsible for the energy in that virtual room. So keep showing up even in those early days. Oh my gosh. So important. One is better than none. I think Gary Vaynerchuk says that quote a lot. And it is so true. You've kind of got to treat the people who are there very kindly and uh, the rest will come. So let's talk about the first 100 and then you said you jumped to 7,000. What was the time period like from the first, when you started to the group to the first 100. How long did that take? So yeah, the first 100 took a little while for sure. Um, probably about a month, honestly. Um, I think I launched that group in January of 2017. And then in February, I got my first 100. And then I think it was in, I think it was April where I got like the first few thousand in there. So um, I'm not sure how that compares to other people out there. I'm not sure if that's like, it, it. to me, it felt like everything just went so quickly. I don't know if you can relate to that, but it just kind of exploded. And I'm not sure exactly what made it explode. I just know the actions they took to kind of keep the growth consistent. Yeah, I know um, it does take a while for some people, depending on the niche, right? So your your group is all about blogging, which in the early 2017 and still now is a very hot topic. Um, so I think it just goes to show that, yes, you can have a niche, but also if you're posting things that people are interested in or if you're creating content that people are interested in, they will be attracted to that. Um, so you have how many members now? Uh, just shy of 15,000 members. 15,000 members. That's a lot of people. So talk to me about how you manage all of that. Like what's, what was the, do you have help? Do you have moderators? Yeah. So it looks very different now from what it looked like in the past. Um, we didn't, I didn't start soliciting help until we got to like the 5,000, 6,000 mark. Um, but then obviously, as you know, there's spammers and people come in trying to wreak havoc in your group without, or just, they don't realize that they're posting something spammy. So I wanted to keep the uh, community very clean and productive. So what I ended up doing, I launched my group blogger insights independently, but I actually reached out to a friend of mine in a similar niche. So same target audience. who's actually in the Facebook group, but a very different niche. And I asked her, you know, let's partner. Do you want to help me admin this group together? And she was like, not 100% sure about it initially. Um, She didn't really know if she had the personality for the Facebook group, but then she just jumped on board and it was great because we kind of, we were able to provide very different value to the audience and we also got a lot out of it in addition to that. But even beyond that, um, at some point it became difficult for just me and her to manage this together. 
So we kind of like pulled together a committee of volunteer moderators. I've never paid for a moderator, um, but I paid them in value in other ways where I've given them free access to programs or Emily, um, my co-admin has given that her, um, has given them like free access to some of her programs or coupons or different just like tokens of our appreciation. Um, and it's actually worked out really great because those moderators are volunteers who just wanted to give back to the community that has already given them so much. So it was kind of like a really cool arrangement. Oh, that is so nice to like pull in people from your community to kind of help out. It makes it feel more, I don't know, like close knit. Um, so, so with those moderators, what's the process for kind of choosing them? Did they volunteer or did you kind of ask for moderators? What was that process like? So um, Emily and I posted in the Facebook group asking if anybody was interested in moderating and then kind of uh, gave them like a series of instructions to follow if they were interested. There was no serious application because again, this was just, it was just a volunteer moderation. Um, But they sent us an email and we kind of just like picked first come first served until we hit a certain number. Uh, And then from there, we created a moderator Facebook group and explained the different rules of the group to the moderators so that they would know what to mark as spam, who to block from the group, or what actions to take, and also to give them a space to ask any questions. Um, And if they are not sure if something should be deleted or if something breaks a rule, they can post it in that group and we can talk through that together. Okay, so a Facebook group for the Facebook group moderators. (laughs) I love that. It's kind of meta. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, so tell me about your group now. So what, now that the dynamics have changed, you've got kind of a partner in this, you've got moderators. Um, what is your day to day like in managing and kind of consistently, um, growing and nurturing that group? So yeah, like you said, the dynamics have definitely shifted. The group looks very different today than it did a year ago, or now it's like almost two years. So I would say that I'm not as involved in the Facebook group now as I used to be, and that's for a number of different reasons. Um, Number one, when you start to get more people in the group, the conversations take place without you having to jump in all the time. And that's a really great thing because for me, I was getting very worn down by my Facebook group. It kind of took over my Facebook feed. I felt like every time I used to log into Facebook just to scroll and kind of get away from work. And then all of a sudden I was logging into Facebook and instead of seeing my friends and seeing what's happening with my family, I was just seeing things related to work. So it it took an emotional toll on me. Um, But when the group starts to hit a few thousand people, conversations start to happen, dialogues happen without you in a productive way. Um, and I like to say that there is your number one fans are in the group. So let's say something happens um, in, where there's like a sticky conversation happening. Your number one fan jumps to your rescue and you don't need to be there in that conversation all the time. Uh, and I, I love that about the group now because I don't think that I would for two years be able to be like the number one person in every single conversation happening in that group. Um, however, it is, it's like I said, it's very different. Um, And I think that for a while, I wasn't okay with that. I wasn't okay with how different it was. Um, But now I realize, you know, things change with time and you just kind of have to roll with it and be okay with it. And I'm pretty grateful with how the group kind of operates with me in it or with me taking a step back away from it. 
That's that's really important because I think you you can get consumed by it um, because your community is so large. It is nice to have those fans who can kind of have your back and keep things um, kind of like a self-moderating system where if someone's being, I think you used the word sticky, <laughs> sticky conversations, um, they can kind of keep each other in line, which is important. It's almost like kids, like you have to watch them and then eventually they grow up and they kind of have to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's also, I used to get so wrapped up in deleting spam the second it came in and it would really bother me if I logged onto Facebook and saw that a, a spam post had been sitting there for a period of time. And now with all the different shifts in the algorithm, you might not see things until X amount of time passes and you just, you might not even see some things at all. And again, I was really annoyed by that in the past. I would let, I would feel bad that I let my audience see that spam post for so long and it must be bothering them. But I kind of had to change my perspective and realize social media is while I'm on that platform and a lot of my audience is on that platform, I don't own Facebook. (laughs) There's only so much control that I have over what happens. I can do the best I can. I can encourage my moderators to do their best. I can encourage my members to report spam. But I just need to react to it a little bit differently and not let myself get so upset that my audience saw spam posts. So I'd say that ever since the group has gotten bigger, I'm a little bit more okay with the fact that there is going to be an occasional spam post that I miss and it's not going to ruin the world. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally understand that. Kind of letting go of that control a little bit. It's hard. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's really hard. Um, So tell me about uh, how often you post content in the group and what that looks like. Yeah, so in the past, I used to post those threads every Monday through Friday and then um, a few times a month on a Saturday. And um, I don't do that anymore. I used to do that, but I felt like as the group grew, there was a lot to moderate on those threads and it just got to be out of hand and there was less productive conversation happening there. So I kind of stopped those. And instead, now there's not really scheduled posts that go out. Uh, The group is really there as a platform to converse about topics related to building a business and blogging in general. It's not um, there for like a a lot of people think of blogging groups and the promo threads. I don't really agree with those. Well, in the past that I I used to have them, but I don't have those anymore. So um, now it's kind of like, oh, I have this topic of conversation that I've been thinking about and I know it's going to help my audience to discuss it. So I'm going to share that. So usually now it's about once a week, I'll either do a live video or I'll post some sort of conversation starter to get a dialogue going. Um, Last week, I wrote a post. It's not like a fancy graphic or anything. It's literally just me posting in the group saying, hey, let's talk about this. So I posted uh, a question about what's the one thing holding you back from launching a digital product? And because, you know, I blog all about creating and launching digital products to help create that freedom and financial flexibility in your lives. So there's a lot of roadblocks to starting uh, or to actually creating a digital product. And so I thought, hey, you know what, this is going to be a great conversation. They're going to share their one thing that's holding them back. And then I'm going to record a live video answering those objections. So that's kind of what I did. Last week, I posted that prompt. And then this week, I responded to all the comments on that prompt in a live video. Oh, that's so good. I think um, I want to come back to the live video part, but I just 
wanted to highlight something you said in tr- the transition from being um, more of you talking to your group and, and facilitating conversations and them facilitating conversations for themselves. They're starting those dialogues themselves, whereas that, that allows you to be a little more hands off. They can start conversations, they can um, continue those conversations, and you kind of prompt them along the way. Um, and I think that's so powerful, that transition from, um, you know, kind of it being more promotional focused to being more conversation focused. I like that. Um, I want to talk about video because it's so big right now. Um, Even the medium that we're talking on right now is audio focused um, on the podcast. So um, how has video um, kind of nurtured your group and what are some of the wins that you've seen from being live on video in your Facebook group? So I'll just start by saying, because I know that there are probably a few folks listening who are terrified of video in any sense, especially live video. And so I'll start by saying that if that's you, uh, rest assured that that was me too. (laughs) I was absolutely traumatized by video. I can stand up on a stage in front of thousands of people and not be scared at all. But for some reason, the camera always freaked me out. And I'm not really sure why that is. So I remember my first time I, I knew I had this Facebook group gr- uh, growing and I knew I had to nurture them. Like I, you know, it was my responsibility to give them value. And in addition, it helps position me as the expert in the niche and it gets them used to seeing my face on a regular basis. So I made a commitment once a week to go live in the very early stages stages of that Facebook group. And I actually think that that is what cultivated the community that exists today. Um, I don't think it would be the same community if I didn't do that live video. And I certainly wouldn't have the email list I have or the audience that I have now in other aspects of my business if I didn't do that early on. Um, So if you're feeling scared of the live video, definitely do that. But I made, again, I made that commitment um, once a week and it would be like short videos, 15 to 20 minutes long. And I would teach a specific topic or answer questions that have been coming up, or I would just literally sit there and do a Q and A. Uh, on on the whim, on a whim, thinking like, oh, some people are going to leave questions. It's that scary thing of, is somebody going to show up and actually ask a question? Um, but eventually I got to the point where my group was large enough that I had no, you know, that wasn't a worry at all. People were definitely going to show up and ask questions. So I did that. And now I don't necessarily do it every week. Again, I went through that transition of being a little bit too involved and now taking a little bit of a step back. But I will do live video like every other week, at least twice a month to still show my face and give value, but in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. Oh, so true. I I am the opposite in the sense that it makes me more nervous to talk in real life in front of people. Um, still highly nervous to talk on camera, but um, that's how I got my start <laughs> was on camera. So it makes me feel a little more comfortable. But a lot of people struggle with that, um, especially live when you're like, is there anybody going to show up? I don't know. <laughs> um, so if you're listening and you're, you're a little hesitant, find a buddy, find somebody, one person who you can count on to show up for you and somebody who can kind of um, be your your wingman there while you're live. And Uh, I think the the trick for that really is um, people don't know what you're feeling inside. Put a smile on your face and pretend like you're the most confident person in the room because you are. You're the only person in the room. (laughs) It's really true. When you're doing a live video, it's kind of that weird feeling of you're talking to a quote unquote 
crowd, but really it's just you staring at your computer or your phone. So just be the most confident person in the room, fake it till you make it. And then eventually you'll become it. Oh yes. Love that. Channel your inner Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) Just feel it. Um, yeah. And you're right. I like that you said, uh, you're, you are the only person in the room. So you are the most confident person in the room. Such good advice. Yes. Um, so I know that you also use Facebook groups as a method of community for your membership site. So can you tell us a bit about your membership um, and how the Facebook group plays into that? Absolutely. Okay, so my membership is called Bread and Butter Blogging University. If you're thinking, oh, what is this name? Bread and Butter uh, refers to like, you know, somebody earns the bread and butter in your household. It's like the number one source of income. So I teach people how to create bread and butter income through digital products. So that's what my membership is all about. Um, There's a 90-day roadmap in that where you can literally create and launch a digital product within 90 days. So the Facebook group, the Facebook group is kind of like the community aspect to that membership program. So people have access to the the program, that 90-day roadmap um, on my website, and they kind of work through that roadmap, but then they come to the Facebook group to ask questions, get feedback, or just participate in conversation with other people and kind of network and build relationships. And it's a very different community because if you're in a free Facebook group um, for a specific topic, there's going to be a lot of people that you're rubbing virtual shoulders with that may not care to be there for the same reasons that you care to be there. But when you're in a paid Facebook group, um, especially for something related to business, the community is way different. Um, there's no spam. There's no like weirdness going on. I don't know how to describe it in any other way, but it's it's really a community of like-minded, passionate people who have the same goals that you have because they bought the program for the same reasons that you bought the program. So it's a, a totally different dynamic, but in a lot of positive ways. Yeah, so true. When it's a paid membership community, the vibe is so different. And for those of you listening, if you're interested, I'm in there as well. I will put a link to um, both the free and the paid communities and everything that Eden has talked about in today's episode in the show notes. Um, So can you leave us with one final piece of advice? Let's say someone is thinking about um, launching their digital product and they want to use a Facebook group to help them. Do you have like one last piece of advice that we can give them to kind of help them get started on their journey? Oh, this is a tough one. Okay. I guess what I would say, can I, can I give two? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So number one, if you don't know where your audience is, because that's a big struggle for people who want to create and launch a digital product. Um, they say, Oh, I don't, I don't have any idea who my audience is or where to find them. If you don't know where your audience is, um, if you don't know where they're hanging out, create a space for them to hang out. And you can do that with a Facebook group. And that's essentially what I did. Um, and then the second thing is Remember that you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket with social media, especially on Facebook. The algorithm changes like every single second. (laughs) So it's hard to keep up with that. But if you're doing strong, really, I don't know, strategic work, you'll never rely just on Facebook or just on Pinterest or just on Instagram. Your goal is really to get people from those platforms to your email list. So I partnered my email list with my Facebook group really closely 
Every time someone joined my Facebook group, I would try to get them on my email list. Every time someone was on my email list, they tried to get them in my Facebook group. So if they left one, they'd still be in the other. So just kind of keep that in mind. And if something were to change, then you're not in a bad position because you plan for it. Oh, I love that. It's, it is important actually to kind of um, use social media as an entry point <laughs> for people to get on your email list or connect with you in, in more intimate ways, other uh, other ways, whether it's even just actually calling them or talking to them or um, some other way outside of social media. Because you're right, Facebook changes their algorithm like every 30 seconds and it's really hard. Um, so yes, it's a great tool for us to use, but we don't own it. So they can change it as much as they want. So use the tool while, while it's here, but have backup plans. I love that. I love that. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Eden. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and everything we talked about, please check out the show notes by visiting SavvySocialPodcast.com. And don't be afraid to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you inside of the Facebook group. You can search for us on Facebook by visiting Savvy Social Crew, uh, or you can go to SavvySocialCrew.com. See you there. Bye for now.